Hey guys, I'm Nick here with Tanner and Zach, and thanks for tuning into the Voyager Way, a podcast dedicated to sharing our passion for everything outdoors with listeners just like you. Whether it's talking about incredible trips we've been on, teaching you the best way to get your own adventure started, or talking with amazing guests about the incredible things they've done or places they've been. You can find it all here on the Voyager Way. All right, what's good, everybody? We're here with uh, Nick, Zach, and Tanner. And today, Tanner doesn't actually know what we're talking about today. Whoa. Um, I told Zach a little bit beforehand because I got to base camp a little bit early. Um, so we were just kind of talking about the Voyager program and where he sees it going in the future. And then I just got it got brought up what we're talking about today. So today we're going to be talking about um, how to get into camping. So pretty straightforward. And we could probably talk about this in our sleep, hopefully. So does that sound okay? That sounds pretty good. All right, cool. Um, so the last two episodes have been, been kind of talking about different, like quick about, like quick just stories about the adventures we've been on and then kind of leading into the Voyager program and kind of how that just kind of took all that to the next level um, and led us into more adventures as we, after we came out of there. Um, so today is going to be the first kind of how-to podcast, just getting after, um, hopefully creating a lot of value for you guys. So if, if you guys are trying to get into any of these kind of things that um, you see us doing or that we're interested in as well, um, these are, will hopefully be helpful podcasts to kind of get you one step closer um, to either getting out there and doing this kind of stuff or just having the confidence to ask somebody to take you or anything like that. So um, the first question I kind of had for you guys written down was what what kind of made you, so we all went on the Voyager's, pro, like Voyager's trip, and this might be um, a better question for, I guess it's kind of a two-part, because Zach, you've been doing this for a while. Now, obviously, you said, did you say two or three? Or, not two or three. Or you Three or four. Yeah, three, still. Um, three or four for what? When you went up to the... Well, I went on my first like canoe trip. trip. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was kind of wondering what, what made you guys kind of want to stay into like stay involved and invest money and time into this camping kind of world. I know like for Tanner, it'll be a different question than for Zach. Um, especially Zach, like you just, you've made this a, hopefully a career, right? Like you're just kind of hopefully starting out with this kind of whole outdoors and camping kind of stuff. So what made you want to invest so much time and effort and money into it? And then Tanner kind of for you, how, like what made you want to keep doing this kind of stuff after you got exposed to it for like the first time after the Warriors trips? Uh, I think for me, so like I said, I, I think I was three or four when I went on my first canoe trip, and that was basically just because my my dad, uncles, and my grandpa, they had always kind of gone up to the Boundary Waters canoe area in northern Minnesota just uh, in the summer, and um, my brother is two years older than me, and so they decided to take us along, and we were only gone for a few days, so it wasn't something super significant, and so they... Uh, they brought us and we obviously had a really good time and we kind of made it a tradition that we would go over my birthday. My birthday's on the end of July. And so we'd go every year at the end of my birthday. And I think what really hooked me into it and uh, was kind of like the traditions that we evolved around like mm-hmm. my birthday, like that was just kind of like, we'd go there for my birthday. And that was always when the blueberries were super ripe yep. up there. So we'd pick all the blueberries and we'd make like a blueberry cake or dessert of some sort. And then that's kind of also how my parents and my uncles and grandparents got me into fishing was they would have their fishing rods and then they would always give me a new lure for my birthday okay, when we yeah. were on trail, I guess you could say. Yep, yep. So I would always wake up and I'd get like a brand new like lure that's that I could use that day on my birthday yep. fishing. And so like 
that just progressed every year. And so, um, I remember actually one of your birthdays, I can't remember when it was when we were younger, but we were out on Grand Lake and we had a fishing competition. Yeah. Yeah. So fishing has always been like a big part of my is that, is that birthday. That you took the canoe with the, your phone in your pocket? No, no that's a different no, that, <laughs> I, we were, that was the fishing competition was way long ago. I was like fifth or sixth grade, probably. Yeah. The canoe tip was pretty, that was recent, more recent. But, uh, but yeah, so that was just kind of how that evolved. And I think that's kind of, um, it just became a tradition for us to go up there every year. And yep. so we just progressively kept doing that. And as I got older, I, uh, I, well, once I finally started making my own money, I, I wanted to have my own stuff so I didn't have to rely on other people's yeah. gear and all of that. So I started slowly accumulating all of that kind of stuff and i got some hand-me-down stuff from my uncle's grandpa and my dad and all that kind of stuff so nice yeah and i feel like kind of what you're saying like it's even doing this podcast it's just a really anytime you have an excuse like an awesome excuse like that to get together with those kind of people that you just love spending time with anyway and if you just add like obviously you you enjoy spending time with them like in the living room right at your house but if you're in a place like this doing like camping or doing whatever like it's just that much better i feel like um yeah especially if, if you guys made it that consistent that you just kind of like it was just something awesome to look forward to i think that'd be that much that much better for sure yeah and i think it was nice too because like as we got older and we started going on like our own trips of our um like with close friends and all of that we would kind of take i guess my dad and uncles and grandpas like gear and oh yeah, yeah. take it on our own and i think eventually kind of came to the point too of like all right you guys can just like keep that well my dad i'll get something else like, yeah yeah <laughs> kind of one of those things but like he kind of started letting us use that kind of stuff and i know we've always let like other people who are going up for weekends or shorter trips to like they need to use this stuff like yeah by all means use our stuff so like we can help people get in and enjoy their trips as well so for sure yeah and now tanner like i feel like especially since you went down to Omaha for a little bit and then came back up and are finishing school up here. I feel like when I was talking to people about when you're making that transition, how much you've been through with a lot of your friends up here, like you've been on so how many trips with all those kind of guys and you, you spent a lot of time with these guys on awesome trips. I wonder how, like, was that, how much has that like affected you kind of moving forward after the Voyager program? Well, I would say like the big thing for me is so during all of those trips, like the Voyager trips, and then that that kind of teaches you and preps you for like the hard times of those trips, right? So like even all the little stuff we do, like going on a camping trip to the Boundary Waters or even going steelhead fishing or whatever you do outdoors, What if it's winter camping or the hiking that we've done, you know, anytime we do that, there's always those hard times in that where it's like, really not fun it's like the inconvenient parts of the inconvenient parts of it and i think everybody not everybody but there's a lot more people up here just i don't know if it's just minnesota in general or the group of people that i found myself with is that you kind of learn to love those moments because you can look back at them after the trip and realize like that's kind of what made like those are the memories you look back at yeah like i remember one time on a trip, it was just freezing cold and we were just shivering and we couldn't even open our candy bars. 
and we just looked around at each other and we were just all laughing hysterically because we were just like out in the middle of nowhere, not even being able to use our hands. Yeah, yeah. And it was like actually a really shitty moment, but that's like something we can look back on now and just laugh about. So finding those people that just enjoy those moments instead of just going with the attitude like, oh, this sucks. So I hate it. Like, why would I want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. More of like appreciating those for what they give you, like th- than the good times right they make yeah. them so much better when you've probably become friends too with a lot of people who like go out of their way to invite you on those kind of trips and like who want to plan that kind of stuff i feel like that's a big especially for people listening who like they don't really have they're not which through no fault of their own obviously but, like just your maybe your group of your group of friends or people you don't like you know don't really do this kind of stuff or aren't interested in kind of getting out there and doing it so when you have people in your life who are actively like hey like we're going on a trip in two weekends like can you come with like it's so much easier to say yes like how can i help and do that kind of stuff than just planning the whole thing by yourself and i think that's something that intimidates a lot of people whether it's canoe camping or whatever outdoor activity but i think just doing the preparation and like figuring out how you're going to do it is the most intimidating thing and so i think maybe we want to talk about that now is just like how do you just like dive into doing something like this if you don't know anybody who has the yep. in into it or like how do you get into that I yeah so kind of my, my next kind of point i was going to bring up is what kind of different camping options there even are because i know um a couple weekends ago when i took my buddy um who i played soccer with um in college every time i post an instagram thing of whatever after we get done camping or on a trip he'd I'd always get a text from him after like saying like hey dude like you gotta take me you gotta take me so he's one of those guys i was super interested and getting into this kind of stuff and like and he knew that i was like did it all the time and was interested in it so it was just really and he he didn't like he didn't care at all like, he had to reach out and like say hey like let's go let's do this um which is cool because it kind of put for the first time because whenever like i feel like when mitch and i would kind of plan these boundary waters trips in the past it'd be like mitchell would take a lot of the grunt work and do a lot of kind of the behind the scenes stuff whether it was the menu or getting the permits from the boundary waters and that kind of stuff but this time it was literally all me so that kind of opened up the, like the whole topic of like, okay, what do we want to do here? Cause we have, he took Thursday, Friday off. We had, we had, a, so we had a long weekend to do stuff. And so we started talking about like this, the different options that we had. So we could either kind of do some like car camping where we could drive straight to like the campsite, which means that we could have a cooler and we could have like a, a ton of different stuff that you wouldn't be able to have necessarily if you were canoeing or hiking, or you could do a hiking trip where you didn't even bring a canoe and you just work on land the whole time. Which had its which has its own pros and cons and that kind of stuff and just a different experience, or you could do the canoe thing where you go like into the boundary waters, um, and you like sleep in a tent and that kind of stuff, or you can and I'm just this is more specific stuff up here, or or you could like rent a, like a, a cabin or something way up there. So I feel there's a ton of different options that you have, um, and each one has its pros and cons and like something that's unique about it and awesome about it. But um, I feel like I guess we have more experience like in just a straight up like tent camping, right. And like on a canoe, but you guys have been on a couple other trips where you've done just kind of hiking or, um, Zach, the trip that bring me like bring us to mind for you and Mitch is when you guys sprayed bear mace and it came back in the tent. Were you guys car camping then? Or what was that? No, that we didn't spray anything. Oh. So what a, we were in glacier and we were camping right outside of glacier. I think, the area that we wanted to get into, all the permits were full, so we had to stay in a campsite like right outside of the park. So you just drove straight into the campsite and were just doing that? Yeah, okay. so we were just doing that because we couldn't actually get permits to go in. Yep. And the guy that 
we got the permit from, he was like, yeah, there's a grizzly in the area, so just be mindful of that. <laughs> and so, like, all right. And you were sleeping in a tent. Yeah, we were yeah. sleeping in a tent. And- how, how do you be mindful of a grizzly bear? <laughs> like, there's a grizzly bear walking around, just be mindful yeah. of that, okay. <laughs> so we were, we were sleeping, and it was probably like 3 in the morning. Yeah. Or for, I guess backing up a little bit, the guy's like, here's my card. Like, if you guys see it or, like, have any issues, give me a call, and I'll be there whenever. Because he had, like, a four-wheeler he could rip over to okay. the campsite with. a rifle or something you could bring, bring with. No, I had bear spray. Yeah, <laughs> okay. And so, uh, so yeah, so it was probably like 3 a.m. And we're sleeping. And all of a sudden, like, you just hear, like, if you've seen, like, the pads on the bottom of their feet, like, you could just hear that, like, right next to your head outside of the tent, oh, just, gosh. like, walking around. And you could, like, hear it breathing. Yeah, the grizzly bear. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it was, like, feet away from yeah. us, like, right outside the tent. <laughs> And my brother and I, we woke up and like, we didn't say anything, but we like looked at each other. We're like, the bear's like right there. (laughs) And so he, uh, um, one of us called the guy to let him know we had bear spray too, but, um, we, we, I can't remember how we contacted the guy, but we let him know that the bear was there. And just like a minute or two later, you just hear the four wheeler coming, ripping down. And the guy has this big, um, couple lights i think he had a friend to come with and they started spraying the bear spray at the bear but also he, the bear's still there when they got when they got there. Yeah, yeah 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 and he uh he started spraying it at the bear and the our tent was downwind of the bear spray <laughs> and so like i mean i'm glad he did that because the bear was there but yeah we are downwind and so i don't think he was really mindful of that but you know, <laughs> i don't blame him but yeah. and so it was just like coming right into this tent and we're just coughing and uh, our Cause like the bear were... spray is like pepper spray times a hundred. Yeah. Right? And it's like, it was getting in our eyes and like, it was just <laughs> bad. And so yeah. we were just laying in that tent in so much pain. And then afterwards we were trying to talk to the guy and we're just like crying from all the <laughs> bear spray in our eyes. Um, but yeah. So I guess you guys were kind of on, in that instance, you were kind of forced to do do like the drive up camping kind of thing because I feel like we don't have a lot of time experience like car camping either, right? I went on that trip this summer to the Black Hills, and that's what we did. Is it? So how was it like? I would say that's probably how, like how did how did it make it different? Like, I would say that's probably like f- like the more beginner style of camping, like easier to get into because you can just pack up your car right with you a tent everything you would, yeah yeah we, i mean you only really need a tent and like your sleeping bag stuff like that um and then food wise you can Do you have a cooler or no yeah we had a cooler so you can pack up the cooler with just easy stuff um easy meals to cook at night and then so you'd be surprised whether or not you have like a camping grill you know because that that's something you could oh you yeah. buy but if you don't even have that sort of thing or like pots and pans, then you could just find a campsite with a grill. Yeah. So do a little bit more research there. But we had a cooler. We had a little um, Coleman like stove grill. So it had both. The two top kind of thing. Yeah, the two top kind of thing. Um, And just with some propane tanks. So then we, there was actually this campsite that was free. So we just drove up and there was nobody there because of the COVID stuff. He said he hasn't seen anybody there. So, I mean, there, there was like, there was actually a group right next to us of three college kids that came over and that was a fun night at the fire, but no, there was like, it was wide open. Okay. So that, 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 
I would say that's definitely, and that's fun too. Yeah. Cause then you can just pack up and you can drive anywhere to sightsee during the day. Um, or you can just stay at that campsite if you want to, too. Yeah. Some cool things that I've found, too. Um, the really cool app that I've used doing some, like, longer road trip things where I've car camped is there's an app called, I think it's called Campendium. Okay. And basically Camp open what? it. Campendium. Okay. C-A-M-P-E-N-D-I-U-M, I think. That's well, one word. Yeah, oh, one okay, word. Okay. Um, but basically what it is, you like open it up and you can set like how much you'd want to pay. So you could go from like free to hundred bucks or whatever yep, you want yep. to do. And it'll show you, like, I always put it on free cause I never want to yeah, spend yeah. money to go camp somewhere <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Um, so then it opens up the map and you can zoom in to wherever you're going to be going or maybe like where you want to stay for the night yep. and it'll show you where all the free places to camp are. Oh, sick. So like, or if it's like, it'll say like this campsite's $10 or something, or it'll say like, here is like a pull-off spot that's yep. free. You can camp there kind of oh. thing. Um, kind of like that, Tanner, that one place we went with um, with Mitch and Brady last year with Paisley and Nala, the first place we camped. Oh, yep, yep, yep. We like uh, we just pulled off the road. Mitchell knew this random spot. Pulled off the road and there's a little trail that went back to a campsite. Like yeah. This. And I know like um, I, I'd say for like if you're going to do car camping or those kinds of things, check into like it's different I think for every state. Okay. But, like for Minnesota, for example – you could go and disperse camp anywhere in like a state or national forest, excluding the boundary waters because you need permits for that. Yep. But like if you're in the Spear National Forest or the um, like any Minnesota state forest, you could just find a parking lot, park, and then walk in and just camp really? somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like little things like that, if you look into them, there's a lot of opportunities for yeah. like Probably close going to and camping. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, like if you don't feel comfortable doing something like that, like. I think state parks would probably be like the next step down where it's like you are surrounded by the forest or wherever it is, lakes, but you can still stay at like a designated campsite. Yeah, so you and have it's like grill and you have five, ten dollars a night. Yeah. yeah cool. So you have all the amenities but you're still camping. But I would say check into like whatever state you're in or you're going to. Because yep. you can find a lot of ways to kind of get around having to pay if you're more willing to go stay in a tent or something like that. Or even like um, I don't know this for sure, but I think my brother was saying he's out in Oregon right now. I think there's a lot of places where you can just kind of pull over on the side of the road. And as long as you're in like specific like forests, you can just camp in your vehicle huh. there or just like park your vehicle there and then just put the tent up right next yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of opportunities out there. I think you just have to do a little bit of research and there's stuff everywhere on the internet as far as like free places to camp in different states or like that and a lot of places are filled with state national forests like those kinds of places yeah. so um those are probably good like if you're going to like a national park or something and you don't want to pay to stay at those just parks or something yeah you can that, find yeah. something that's probably surrounding it that you could stay in and just do the day trips or yeah something which, like that. which probably leads me to my next thing is like I, i've never been on just a hiking trip like over, really? overnight hiking trip no like where you have everything that you're gonna have like you just have on your back which i guess for, like I've been on more canoe trips, which so then you have a lot more. I guess one benefit with the canoe trips is like since you're on the water and you're in this, you have this big canoe, you can pack like some a lot more stuff. Not not a lot more, obviously, because uh, you still have to portage it, so you don't want to you want to pack a ton. But I feel like with the hiking, you're really only packing what you can carry in your pack, like on your back. Do you want to go to Patagonia sometime? Yeah. Oh gosh, that's <laughs> well. Tanner and I are already going to go up to the to Copper Mine. Oh yeah, definitely. We're gonna go down. Yeah. So for that trip, I guess you want to just quickly explain what you did for that summer and then like 
because that was a hiking trip on steroids pretty much right were you guys were you guys hiking and staying everywhere or where were you staying no so for my my junior year in college my fall basically from august to i think it was january early january or something like that oh it was during the semester it wasn't even in the summer yeah i oh. basically like okay. was enrolled in a uh Round River Conservation Studies is the, the program. And so we were basically uh, spent that entire time backpacking Patagonia and parts of South America, doing field research on a bunch of endangered species and doing conservation work um, for the local people as well as for government agencies down there. So the whole time we were kind of backpacking. It was actually super cool because that program being like a conservation and like a science program, they got... I don't know how it works down there, but like the military like has to support those or something like that. So okay. we'd get like boat rides across lakes where we'd be on a boat for like 20 hours, just like what? on this boat and they would drop us off in like the most remote places ever. Okay. And then we'd be like the only people that have like hiked those areas and we'd be doing like, um, like baseline studies on those areas for like the species and like that kind of what stuff. The, you were the, so, what the heck? That's so amazing. Like, okay. there, there was this one trip we did where we were the first like scientific, um, first successful scientific expedition to go through that area. So we were what like, happened to the, what, what made the other people not successful? They terrain wise or something, they weren't able to complete it. Okay. And so like, so they only got like a quarter or halfway through it and then they had to go back but we were able to like finish Just the truck, thing. Yeah. And so, yeah. So then at the very end, then the military came and picked us up again and brought us back out. But it was like the most beautiful thing. Oh my gosh. Ever. Can, so what, so what makes as far as like a, for like everybody listening, what makes a hiking trip? And that might be a little more aggressive because you guys probably have a lot, like some research things that you had to bring, but what makes packing for a hiking trip different than like going, if you're going for a canoe trip or if you're just car camping, like how more you're definitely limited to yeah. the length of it like we were only able to be out there i think for i think we had enough food for 14 days which is still a lot it's still a lot yeah. but like comparatively like for sure. you could yeah the one trip well, we had, like, it was like 45 days worth yeah, of food exactly. so like but we also had like probably 11 of us on that trip and so okay. like we dispersed the food throughout all of our packs but yeah. they were like super full at first what were you guys eating melt meals no it was a lot of like um rice lentils um uh, i don't even remember or just like protein or meat or anything like that um we did have meat i can't remember what we had was it dehydrated probably uh was, like, no kind of it was more towards like, we just ate it more towards like the front half of it oh okay um, I can't remember what we all had, but it was um, pretty compact meals that would fill you up like rice and lentils and like yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so like definitely you're limited a little bit. And especially like most people don't go hiking with 11 people. So you're yeah. usually hiking with like one or two people. Yeah. And so, um, so you're limited in, as far as like the amount of food you can bring with that, I think, um, unless you just have smaller meals. But I would say if you haven't tried those mountain meals... Uh, what are the, all the brands? There's there's a million. Yeah, yeah, there is a million. It's pretty much, yeah. yeah. I would say go try one of those right now because those things are freaking good. So the only thing though is you're going to save a lot more money if you don't. Yeah, yeah they're pretty just, expensive. We just got a couple, Dave and I did, and they were nine bucks a piece. And it, like, oh. it, says, it says two servings per pack, but like 
one pack is it fills you up. But if like you, it's if one person, if you were like if you were just trying to start and you wanted to go on like a camping or hiking trip, yes, they're perfect because all you need to do is somehow get hot water. Yes. So, so whether that's building a fire and just putting a pot on there, or if there is a grill somewhere, you put warm water in these bags and it's dehydrated fruit or food. And I think they taste really good. Yeah, there's good. something. Well, we had the um, biscuits and gravy one was my favorite. Biscuits and gravy. There's like a spaghetti one. They have everything. They yeah, have so, everything. So these, these Beef meals stroganoff. Just, yeah, these meals so are just, good. They're just dehydrated or freeze-dried food in these packs. Like it's meant for – I think this is what Mitchell ate when he went to um, hiking in the Alps, didn't he? Like that's all they ate. I think he – Yeah, he said, he, he said it was all they ate like, it was, the whole time. The ones we had were his lunch. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, so they're super compact. They're super light. They're expensive, obviously, because it's whatever. So they're like eight or nine dollars a meal, pretty much. Um, but they fill you up, and yeah, all literally all you do is you open the pack, you dump in as much boiling water as it says to, and then you close it, let it sit for like whatever it is, ten or something minutes, and then you open it back up, and you're good to go. It's so like they're super, super easy. Um, there, there are uh, like that. I guess this will be just kind of good transition into the food kind of piece. There are a ton of, and I've been talking to Mitchell a lot about this too, because he's been trying to like dehydrate and make his own meals, which is a lot more involved, but you don't have to be like a good camper to know this kind of, you just, just have to like be able to read the instructions because Mitchell is just kind of weighing it right now anyway. So he, like, he's making his own granola and other, I don't, I don't know, you know, but a ton of different stuff. He just made his own spaghetti and literally all he said he did was he just made spaghetti and then he threw it in a dehydrator. And no way. Was, yeah, that's all he did. And, it, and there's, I mean, there's a million different places online you can just look up like camping meals and stuff like easy camping meals or whatever for that kind of for that piece of it because you, you can either go the way the easy way but it's more expensive of just buying those meals those mountain meals and you can get them at gander mountain or any any kind of outdoor store um i think if you have the time and like a dehydrator or you don't even need a dehydrator like you could use an oven too i've yeah. done that too but i would say and i think especially for people starting like, off yeah, those interchangeable could you use an oven just like you would use the dehydrator it just have to be on for a while. Yeah, it's just a little bit longer, yeah. I think. Huh. Um, yeah, because I've made some meals dehydrated in ovens. But, like, I would say if you're starting off, it's probably good to learn that stuff as well as um, it's going to save you a lot of money if yeah. you just do it yourself. And yeah. you don't even need dehydrated food, too. Like, if you're going off for a couple of days, just bring, like, yeah, I was rice gonna, and I was going to say, like, what's your go-to, like, if you were going on a camp, like, car camping – What's your go-to meals for the yeah, day? Or just like a lunch, like a nice lunch. Like, it could be like PBJs or... Yeah. I was going to say that's what we... Like breakfast, you can have your bacon and sausage and hash browns, stuff like that. And then lunch, we usually just do like cheese and crackers and maybe a peanut butter sandwich. Something just something easy that bars, you can yeah. get on the run because you, you don't know what you're going to be doing during the day. And that's the nice thing about the car camping too is you have, if you have a cooler, like then yeah. your food doesn't matter because yeah. you just bring whatever you want. And then just grilling at night is what usually we do, like yeah. hot dogs and burgers. and. Yeah, I think once you get over like three days, then you probably want to start thinking about dehydrated food and bringing your own. But yeah. um, unless you have like access to a cooler, like car camping or something like that, then maybe it's different. Um, but one thing that I've recently been making a lot and i think they're awesome and i think they're good for basically any trip are like little protein balls yeah those are good that you had yeah yeah it's basically it's super simple you just can look up a recipe but it's basically just like peanut butter oats um you can do stuff like chia seeds or like um what is it flax seed is that known um and then you basically add some type of thing like syrup or honey 
like dates i know some people use like yeah or like almonds or together right yeah walnuts um and then you basically just like crush it all up together mix it and then make it into little balls like golf ball size and then put them in the freezer or fridge until they basically get hard and they kind of hold their shape better and then those things would be awesome for like hiking or paddling any activity you're doing just like as a quick lunch thing and they're packed with calories and protein yeah. especially for for people who just want to get started like either just a day trip or like a, just a weekend kind of like one or two days like the food should definitely not be a barrier there's super easy things that you can grab and i mean that's the thing is like some people fast for two days right they they don't eat so like even like you don't have to be worried if you know you're coming back in a day or two or whatever you don't have to be worried about that kind of stuff but um all right cool so i guess the only other thing like type of camping that we didn't really hit on too much was like when you're on the water, like when you're canoeing, that kind of stuff. Uh, especially the boundary waters, a lot, a lot of that is based around paddling to your different locations and kind of either jump around a couple rivers. I don't know. The, I don't think the boundary waters has a ton of river systems to go on, do they? Oh, uh, there's a fair amount. Is there? Yeah. I just, I guess I've never been on them, but because we do a lot more, like just kind of lake hopping and that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I guess with the the one benefit to the canoe, I I just personally just love being on the water. Like I would. Um, I'd probably rather paddle than I would hike in some instances. I know that there's obviously different, like it allows you to get different places, like some, some beautiful, like awesome places you want to go to. You can't get to other than on foot, obviously. And then there's other things where like just paddling down a lake or a river or anything like that. It's just, it's just kind of what's your, what you're in the mood for or just what you want to make that trip about. Um, but you can obviously pack a little more, a few more things when you're paddling in a canoe than, than when you're hiking, especially like with food wise and that kind of stuff, depending on how, how much you're going to portage. Um, but if you're covering more of your ground on the water, then it's going to be a little easier. Um, all right. I guess the, the next kind of segue I wanted to make was talking about like, we can get kind of more into the gear that you would kind of need. I made a little, a little list and we can, we can, um, fudge it as I kind of talk with you guys. We're just it. talking about camping just in general, just, right? just in general. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's, it's pretty general just to make it, um, kind of more accessible and easier for everybody. So my first question though, um, is are, what are three, you get to pick three, okay. Three pieces of gear and I'll go first, three pieces of gear that you don't need on a trip, but you can't go without like a luxury item. Yep. Look like a luxury item. Yep. So I'll let you guys think Because my three are, and this is (laughs) my new one is coffee. I had never had coffee on a camping trip until this last trip. Dave brought this little like ceramic filter or the ceramic piece that holds a filter. So you can just filter hot water right through like your coffee. And I'll tell you having coffee on a trip like this, like in the morning was game changing. It was like that. It was exactly what I wanted like that morning um, or in the, like in those mornings. So coffee's one um, sleeping pad is another one. That one's kind of a cheat. Cause like, we all have them and use them, but you definitely don't need one to sleep in a tent. Um, and then my hammock, because so you definitely don't need it, but like you, you can get away without having it. But it's I don't know, it's just nice to a get off the ground. Like so, instead of like sitting in the tent or anything like that, if you just want to get off the ground, you can sit in the hammock. Um, I took some fat naps in my <laughs> in my hammock on some of those trips, but those are my three. And obviously, there's a bunch, but who wants to go next? I'm trying to think. I I can't really think of. You have, you have at least like one or two though. A chair is something I would say. Like when you have one of those collapsible chairs or something, where you're hanging out, or if there's like, 
I just got a stool. A picnic table by your campsite or, or something, that's a game changer for me because when you're not able to sit down on a chair, that kind of sucks. It's like just the ground or a stump or... Yeah, that, that gets old, especially yeah. if you're on a long trip. Yeah. If it's like for a day, that's not that big of a deal. No. But when, if it's for like at least a weekend even, you want to be able to sit on a chair, I'd say. Chair, I honestly, I can go without a sleeping pad. Like... Yeah, I'm, I don't think that's I, I'm great. fine without a sleeping I would pad. too if I could bring a pillow. Oh, well, I always just stuff my clothes inside of my sleeping bag, compression bag. But that is different than an actual pillow. Yeah, I don't need a pillow. I don't think I, I need, just a, need that. A sleeping pad, I actually sleep worse with a sleeping pad, I no think. Way. Really? The only reason why I would bring one is if I was in like the Arctic where there's like permafrost underneath yeah, you, you where you'd get so cold if you didn't yeah. have so it. So a sleeping pad, for those of people who don't know, it's just a small, like it's a, it's a camp-sized air mattress so it's like an inch or two thick and hopefully long enough where you can just blow it up and you just put it on the tent and sleep on top and like the more money you spend on them the smaller they get pretty much yeah like the, the smaller they pack down yeah i would say though if you're really. just starting off you definitely don't need one no no um which is why it's kind of my luxury good one. alternatives yeah i think if you're car camping or something just bring like an extra blanket that's thick uh-huh. and just like fold or it up mat or just something like that. yeah yoga mat is great yeah that's basically what it is yeah, yeah. but um yeah, I don't know. For me, I'm having a hard time thinking because I feel like a lot of the things like I don't really care if I have them. Or yeah. Not. See, yeah, but that's the thing is like you don't like on this last trip I went on. I'm like, oh, like because I was telling Dave what to bring. I'm like, oh, you don't need this or don't need this. Like we can get by. But then when you're up there, it's like yeah, it's like okay, like, like the camp chair speaker. Speaker. Yeah, that's oh. definitely a luxury item for me. You definitely don't need it, and a lot of times you don't get the luxury of having it. But when you do have it, game changer. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So then that would be like. I mean, we're not going to include your phone in this list, but then you would need. Oh yeah. Like, but but honestly, if, if you have it saved, if you have it saved, like on a playlist, yeah. and you play your phone like energy saving yeah. mode. It doesn't take up that much battery just to to put some music out. Um, yeah, a camp chair was my. I just bought a camp stool. Um, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, just to have something, and it's it just like folds up super. Like it doesn't fold up, but it, it like it doesn't fold up width wise. It's just lengthwise. It just kind of collapses. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I would say like, like can like hard candy. That's I true. love yeah. munching on hard candy during the day, like especially if you are like on a canoe trip or a hiking trip, where you're you are traveling yourself, like you're not in a car or anything. Like if you are moving yourself, I love having some hard candy. I don't since, know why, since, like, but... you usually don't have enough room in any of your packs to pack like a bunch of snack food. Yeah, exactly. It's like. The like having a little hard candy to kind of suck on just uh-huh. takes, takes place, passes the time by, and it also yeah. just like you don't get as hungry yeah. if you are hungry, you can just toss one of those in. Yeah, <laughs> all right, all right. And then if we're going even deeper, Werther's or <laughs> Jolly Ranchers, probably, right? Yeah. Those are the best, too. So, uh, yeah, uh, or the root beer barrels. Are good. Oh, yeah, the root beer <laughs> barrels are good. So, the when I was on a trip one time I was reading a book about the old like fur trade voyagers and just see those count too books or games sorry I interrupt you but like that no I think yeah. books would be one of them yeah. I love reading on trips yeah but, anyway um I was reading about how like for portaging and paddling and stuff they would measure distance not in like kilometers or miles or stuff like that but they'd measure them in pipes so like basically like, pipes yeah so okay. they would often take breaks to stop and smoke like a pipe and so 
like a portage if they would stop three times the smoke <laughs> it'd be like a three-pipe portage oh, and so like when they were passing like other people they would let them know like how many times they had to stop to like do that and so i had read about that and so my way of doing it instead of looking at like distance was i would have my butterscotch candies oh, and yeah. i would measure them in butterscotch candies how many no way so it'd be like a three butterscotch portage <laughs> and then i would keep doing that for all of them uh, i guess that's kind of um yeah i would definitely agree with you that books, books or like a, a journal thing. or something books, like a journal book and, or journal uh this might be minnesota things i went i went to school in nebraska pt school and nobody had played cribbage down there but having like, some Ooh, cards oh yeah cribbage is huge cribbage board. if i go on a trip with sam medvec i know there's gonna be a cribbage board <laughs> well that's the thing too is like it's the cool thing about going on these trips is i don't remember and i'm sure you've read about it because zach you you read a lot more of like these kind of outdoorsy and adventure type books than, than we do um, about how like important being bored is on some of these trips like this. Cause I feel like when we're at home, there's so much, there's so many, there's an infinite number of things that you can do to keep yourself busy. Whether that's like watching Netflix, if you, if you don't feel like doing anything else, like, you don't, like you're not just going to sit on your couch and look at the ceiling, right? There's a million different things you can do. Like whether it's like getting act, getting active, getting after like doing work, that kind of stuff. Or if you just wanted to hang out, on your phone, Instagram, YouTube, Netflix, that kind of stuff. But on these trips, it's, I feel like it's the times that like you take being bored for granted. Like when you're on these trips and you like, like you wake up and if you're not moving camp for that day and you're just kind of chilling out in the campsite, it's like, you're just sitting in your hammock. It's like, what the heck do I do? Like, I'm just sitting here, like not doing anything, but sometimes it's, and it is nice to bring books or journals or cribbage boards to kind of pass some of that time. But there is something to be said for, allowing ourselves to kind of have that quiet time and just be like honestly be bored for a little bit i think our society in ways has forced us to always be moving and doing stuff where it's okay to like not be doing anything yeah like just sitting there and not doing anything is totally fine but i think the way our society kind of portrays is that you need to be kind of doing stuff all the time yeah um and maybe i'm wrong about this but i know for me when i was like pre-cell phone or before you had like when you were younger and you got to that stage where it was like you're so bored like i don't even know what you're doing but you're just like trying so hard to figure out something and i feel like that always led to me finding or like making the coolest thing like doing the coolest game or like with your friends like you're so bored and then all of a sudden you come up with this like awesome game that you just made or like Doing little things like that, I think that always led to like the most fun things. And I can imagine, honestly, there's probably some people who um, are listening to this that are into meditation. I feel like that's just another step from that. It's like giving yourself the time to sit. And same thing with like with prayer and all that kind of stuff is giving your time to sit and just take the time to be like in silence and just kind of see where that leads you. I feel like I've heard a ton of people talk about how important either prayer or meditation or anything like that has been like making that talking about like daily habits getting that you get into I feel like anything and th- these trips are kind of nice because they maybe force you to get into those quiet places and get into like the those kind of um more like reflective times these like going on these trips almost makes you do that kind of stuff and then if, if you can take anything one one of the like a couple things from on those kind of trips back with you when you get back home is taking some time like each day to, to either not like necessarily be bored, but just kind of sit there and think about what you like, what you've been doing um, the past week or kind of what you're thinking of, like what you want the next week to look like. 
Um, it's interesting, like, and I don't know exactly how you do it, but I know you can go on like your phone, or I know you can get apps for it too, where you can go and check to see like how much time you've spent on your phone, oh, like you each day that. or each week. My phone gives me that. Tanner's is way less than mine, <laughs> and so I think I think a good first step, like, is if you, if you get back, set goals for yourself. Like, I'm only gonna like this is what it has been. I'm yeah. going to drop it down to this and keep like lowering it as much as you can. Yeah. Make it specific. specific yeah. Too. Yeah. Having some goals to set for um, you. Are you looking at your standard? Do you know where it is? Yeah. Super quick. Yeah. Mine's, I bet you mine's daily average five twenty eight hours, five hours and 28, so nine minutes. How do you get to that? Okay. This is because I've been zooming on my phone for uh, class. How do you get to that? So not fair settings oh screen time here we go screen time so that i was gonna say why oh, hey, is that yeah, so mine's, high mine was 56 minutes like an hour and a half that's not bad at all I, that's not as bad as, as bad as i thought um yours is what well now it's an hour and a half i don't know what i've been doing an hour and a half a day it was, it was like an hour yeah um, what the heck but yeah so, so that's that'd be a good that'd be a good challenge for you guys yeah if you're zoom not, zoom is in there yeah um, okay, cool. So let's get to like, let's get to the meat of probably why you guys are here or just something kind of more practical that we can give you guys is that, and that's a, a gear list. So something that if you're, if you want to go on a trip like this, um, this is just a quick list that I made up and we can put it in the description or make kind of a PDF if you guys want, if people are interested. Um, but I just threw together this list and this is a list of things that if you have these things, you'll be fine. Like when you go on a trip. Um, and I'll rip through them quick and then we can talk either about, no, we won't talk about them like each individually, but if you guys think I missed something, um, then we can do that. So, uh, food, we already kind of talked about this. Is, sorry. This is for what type of trip? Like this, a general camping trip. I try to make it as general as possible. So like if so you want any activity, you want to go hiking, canoeing or car camping, that kind of stuff. Okay. You can make, okay. you can make it work with, with these kind of things. So food was one thing I didn't get any more specific with that. Um, just because it depends on where you're going, what you're doing. But if you start off with some car camping or even if you're just camping like in your backyard, like you're going to have food. So I wasn't too worried about that kind of stuff. And there's online resources to help with that. Um, and we could talk about it in later episodes if we want. But, okay, so food, um, water, or like a way to get it. So this is probably another big thing, difference with like some of those hiking trips is when you're on a canoe trip, you're always with, you're always by water, right? So um, this is the first, actually, this is the first trip. Dave and I were on uh, Vermilion and then Trout Lake, and they were big enough that, like Fred used to say, like and back in the day, they just used to scoop the water out of the lake and Still drink it. Still do that. Yeah, that's right. So I'd, I'd never done it because I was kind of worried about it, but this trip, I was thirsty. We're in the middle of this giant lake. I'm like, Dave, just scoop your water bottle in the middle of the lake, and you'll be fine. Um, so different ways that you can get water, though, is we, we do bring water purifiers with us. Um, and there's a million different kinds. Um, and then you can bring iodine pills, which kind of – uh, sterilizes the water as well, makes it safe to drink. And then I'm assuming hiking. Do you, you bring like camelbacks? It's like big water bladders or what, like what do you usually bring? Or are you usually planning to be around enough water that you have that kind of stuff? Definitely want to make sure this is for any activity, probably excluding like water sport. Yeah. Like just look at your maps and make sure you're planning out, um, that you're going to have enough water, like a way to get water every day. So whether that's you're going to be crossing and ending at a creek here and then maybe you have to travel a bit further the next day to get to the next creek or lake or something like that. Yeah. But um, I mean, you can bring like the purifying um, things like a platypus, like a bag or like one of those pump filters. Those are kind of bulky, though, for stuff like hiking. So you probably would want something more like the tablets or like a life straw or yeah. they make... Um, 
it's some type of chemical like liquid that you just drip into it and then nice yeah so if you're just starting out you don't want to like you don't want to spend a bunch of money on this kind of stuff just look on you can just go on amazon and just look up like water purifiers or like camping water purifiers and there'll be things you can buy for five dollars up to like some of those um probably like 70 or yeah a lot of money um, or if you're just going for like for a day or two and you can pack enough water in and out, you, you are going to need more than you think if you're doing hiking and that kind of stuff, it's, it's always more than you would think it is. Um, but so a way to get water and then a tent, if you're doing that kind of stuff, um, a sleeping bag or blanket, depending on kind of where you are and what, um, what environment you'll be sleeping in. If it's gonna be super hot, then you just get away with the blanket or if it's gonna be a little bit colder than the sleeping bag. Um, appropriate clothing so it's usually with this kind of stuff you're trying to get in your in your bags it's like it's kind of one or two of like each like tops you know what i mean it's like one a couple pairs of shorts or whatever Uh, i will say um if you're doing a lot of hiking and that kind of stuff it's nice to have boots and then some some type of camp shoes so it's nice to get out of your boots especially if you're if you're near water or hiking them the whole time like get out of your socks get out of your boots get in some camp shoes or sandals so like your feet can dry out and you're not worried about that kind of stuff Rain jacket, super important. Um, camp clothes. And these can be more like there's – what's that? Some beeping noise going uh, on. Hopefully you guys can't hear that. Um, so I said the camp clothes, and these are like usually more more comfier clothes. So when you get to camp and you're just kind of hanging out, just something to have to throw on. Um, flip side of that is having some kind of breathable trail clothes. So this is stuff that's a little more like polyester and breathable. So even if it does get wet, it dries pretty quick. Um uh, zip off pants. Zip off, yeah. zip off pants are big. Okay. It's, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, you, bring, you have space for both. Or zip you, off pants and then like a button down long sleeve shirt, I would say, or my go to. It's like polyester. Yep. So that's like breathable. Yep. Yep. The nice thing about like a, a polyester, like a breathable fabric long sleeve is that you can kind of wear it in multiple ways. Like it can be a long sleeve, or if it's too hot, it can be a short sleeve. Yeah, you can roll it up. Or if, you can take it off if you're too yeah, hot. Yeah, and the one I have, it's like if I got, let's say it never happens, but let's say I would have gotten sunburn one day, like I can I can throw that long sleeve on. It's so breathable that I'd, like if it's sunny and hot, it doesn't even matter. Like it's fine still. Plus like with the bugs, you kind of want to be covered. So like that's why I like having zip off short or zip off pants um, and then a the long sleeve. Yeah, so you can be covered you. from yep. the bugs for sure. Um, and then hat and sunglasses, I just put because sometimes, especially if you're on water, you're going to want some kind of something like something to take away the glare. And then if you're just in the sun, it's going to be nice to have, honestly, a hat and sunglasses. Um, matches and a lighter. Uh, something extra would be like a camp stove. But if you don't have that, if you're just like playing on a fire, doing that kind of stuff, easily can just bring matches and a lighter. Um, a cooking pot slash like utensils. So kind of bare bones, a cup, a spoon, a bowl, and then some kind of pot that you can bring to or if like if you none of the food that you bring needs to be cooked in a pot, then obviously don't worry about it. But if you want to make some pasta or boil some water um, to make something, then it's some sort of pot that you can bring. And Zach, I need I actually need to go do this. But like we were just talking, you can go to like a Goodwill or a Savers or anything, any sort or any sort of thrift uh, store, thrift store, and find stuff. I don't even know. Yeah, that's where like for personal <coughs> personal trips, I'll get. A lot of like the cooking, like pots and pans and stuff like that at those like secondhand kind of stores because one, they're very cheap and um, yeah, you don't need something super extravagant or expensive for these kinds of trips. Um, One thing that we've kind of realized that not many people do, but it's super helpful and you'll thank yourself later is when you're cooking over a fire, 
Uh, I think we might make a little video for this yeah. at some point just to kind of show you exactly how. But when you're cooking over a fire and you have a pot, put soap on it. So we use like, like dish the, soap. Yeah, like Camp Suds is the brand that we typically use. And so if you take some of this Camp Suds and you flip the pot upside down and you put some of that on the bottom and then you rub it all over the bottom as well as the sides mm -hmm. and the handles and all that. Just don't do the inside because you don't want soapy food. Um, so you basically cover the whole outside of your pot in a thin coat of soap so that you can put it on the fire. And when the fire is done, you can easily scrape it off because the soot isn't attached to the pot because um, it kind of adheres with the soap. So you can just scrub it off super easily. And then that way your pots can stay good forever. And you don't have to put a pot that's full of like char back in your pack or anything like that yeah, and get everything else gross, dirty. Yeah. Um, I will also say though, if you put the soap on the pot, do it when it's empty so you can flip it upside down and then make sure you hold it and don't set it on the ground. Otherwise you're going to get like needles and different stuff and that's dirt, laying on yeah. the ground, like stuck to the bottom and then it'll char onto the bottom. So hold it and then you want to have like a cup or a bowl or something in your other hand and go down to the water and fill it up using that so you don't have to set it down or because if you just dunk it in the water then you're just washing all the soap off of it as yeah. you scoop yep. it up so Definitely just some good. things you have to think about but it helps your pots last 100 times longer yeah definitely a nice little trick um i got life jackets if applicable obviously from the water um maps if that is if you don't have cell service obviously having like just a printout of maps so you kind of know where you are and make sure if you're I'd say this is probably applies not even if you're on the water, but definitely if you're on the water is like put them in Ziploc bags just to make sure they stay dry and, and clean and everything so you can read them and have multiple copies. So you're not just relying on one. So if, if you lose one or one gets wrecked, you're not like screwed. Um, a way to recharge your phone if necessary. So if you're going to have service, just a way to recharge it, which either they, they make like those, these battery blocks, which we just brought in this last trip. Those, those were awesome. They hold like just a ton of charge and you can just plug your USB right in there. Um, or you could grab a solar charger. I think those are pretty, they're not crazy expensive, but um, like if you're going car camping and that kind of stuff, or only going to be gone for like a day, then it's not that big of a deal because you can just recharge it that night. But um, I put first aid on there. And in the first aid, I just put uh, some antibiotic cream, some soap, um, just to have anyway, and then band-aids and sunblock. So nothing too crazy, but just enough. You can actually, if you go to a lot of like outdoor stores, they usually make like outdoor, door like first aid kit so like specifically made for like if you're going hiking or something oh, you can just buy a pre-packaged one basically yeah. that has all of the basic stuff in it mine's actually the one that i have i got it at our local like outdoor store um it has like everything you need and it's in like a waterproof little casing thing too cool so you can just stick it in your pack it's like the size of a pencil pouch oh. which is great yeah um i would also say make sure you have um some way to contact somebody in the case of an emergency and if you don't like if you're not able to bring a phone and maybe you can't afford or don't have the opportunity to have like a sat phone or something like that at least have a plan as far as like what you're going to do if something would happen yeah, that's a good call. Um, as well as like even if you do have some form of communication you should still let like a family member or a friend or somebody know like this is our itinerary we always print one off and then leave it at home. So it's basically like, here's where we're planning on being this day. And we're going to be coming out this day. So if you don't like receive a message from us by like this time, then maybe yeah. start thinking yeah. of it. So that you have a backup plan and somebody back here or wherever you are can kind of um, know what's going on if they don't hear from you or anything like that. Yeah, good call for sure. 
Um, last couple things I just put like obviously toiletries, so a toothbrush and toothpaste, uh, soap again, and then toilet paper if that applies to wherever you're gonna be. Soap, so or for soap, I would say Camp Suds. Yeah, so you can. I think Camp Suds is a brand, and I think a lot of places have like Camp Soap is what maybe another brand or whatever, but it's just you can use it for everything. Yeah, it's yeah. just like a concentrated soap, so you don't need yeah. a lot of it, and it um, works great. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. I mean, if you're just trying to get by, yeah, you can use it for like. Dishes, you can hair, Dishes, body, hair, yeah, all that kind everything. of stuff. Everything. Yeah. Um, Eating. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, the last thing I just put was plastic bags for like keeping your stuff dry, um, especially like if you're bringing like your keys and your phone, your wallet. Um, and journal, yeah. Yeah, and journal and like books and that that kind of stuff. Yeah. Even if you're not, even if you're just gonna be hiking, I feel like if it like just does rain, then you'd want to have like some kind of way that. Like maybe your clothes or sleeping bag might get wet, but at least like that kind of like your valuables and your books and that kind of stuff. If if it does rain or or if you fall in the water or what if something happens like that, then um, that stuff's not gonna get wrecked. Um, you could probably we usually just use whatever bag it comes from, but maybe just make sure you have a way to put any garbage back into like the bag that it came from, or have like a another Ziploc or um, waterproof bag that you can put any garbage in so that wildlife isn't smelling it and it's kind of out of reach from them on going off of that too if you're in an area where maybe there's bears or other animals that could get at your food maybe think about how you're going to get that off the <coughs> ground um so that it's away from any bears so you won't run into any to any issues with them while yeah, you're out there that's nice um yeah cool so that was just a that was just a quick little list um I'll, I'll just run through it one more time not explain it. Food, water, tent, sleeping bag, uh, clothes, matches, lighter, cooking pot and utensils, life jackets if you need them, uh, multiple maps or if you have your phone that'll work, a way to recharge your phone if necessary, first aid stuff, your toiletries, and then plastic bags for keeping your stuff dry. Um, anything else crazy that I missed? I think that was pretty... If you're going in an area and you need any permits, make sure you get those permits ahead of time um, and carry those with you. That's true, yeah. Which, that's that's just an easy, probably, call to, I mean, with this COVID stuff, it might be a little bit different, but for the most part, just that's just an easy call, and they'll be happy to let you know what's going on. Um, cool. All right, do you guys have any last kind of advice for people looking to get into this kind of stuff, like the camping world? Where do you think you should start? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that was Zach and I were kind of talking about this before. Honestly, like if you're everybody, no matter how old they are or when they did it, like started at like just the, like at just at the beginning with, that's with everything. That you, like, so obviously like Zach might done when he was three or four and Tanner and I didn't sleep in our first tent until we were like 16 years old. Um, it really doesn't, and if you're maybe like you might be 35 or 40 or whatever or 70 and you, and you, you're listening to this and what kind of want to get into that kind of stuff. You want to see yourself to, start doing it and then you'll figure out what you need to do like better moving forward. So if you start with like, just start with one day, like go in your backyard and set up a tent and then cool. Okay. And then like cook outside and then also like you're spending a night and then you're doing a weekend and then a long weekend and then kind of just see where it leads and see who you meet doing that kind of stuff and see if any of your friends like to get into it. And I'll see you start from the, like, don't be afraid to start from the bare bones. Um, and doing this kind of stuff, you're going to, you're going to put yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit, which is, honestly kind of the point with some of this kind of stuff, but, um, yeah, I'd say just don't be afraid to just start doing it. Honestly, like you, you learn the most from just doing that. I would say 
within each community. So depending on where you are, there's probably like a recreation center or some place where you can rent gear or talk to people. Like if you live in, I mean, I don't know, we, we live in Minnesota, so we have a bunch of great places to go. So, but if you live down in Texas, you're not going to come drive up to Minnesota. So I would say like finding that place in your community, whether it's that recreation center or whatever it is where you can, yeah, Facebook group, exactly where there are people that have done it. And then maybe you can rent gear and just see if it's something you'd like to do, right? Because even buying a tent is just like expensive if you want to just like go for a weekend or try it out. So like find something where you can do it cheap, where you can probably like rent gear, like learn from somebody who's done it in the past in your area. And then, yeah, just go go and have fun. Yeah, I think not being afraid to kind of put yourself out there. Um, it's a little different right now with COVID and all of that, but like... Uh, I know there's a lot of, like, for different activities, you can find groups on Facebook or anything like that where people will, like, meet up and just, like, do that activity together. So you can kind of, like, interact with other people. And I know those communities are always very welcoming of people who are just kind of getting into it. And you can learn a lot from them. And even if you've been in one activity or kind of do one thing more than others, you're always still learning. And so don't go in with the attitude of I know everything or I'm too afraid to like ask people and doing stuff like that. So um, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And like Tanner said, maybe start by just like renting stuff, finding people in your local area that have the experience um, and going off of that. And maybe if you decide that you like it and you want to start doing more of it, you can always find things at places like secondhand stores or even like Facebook marketplace, different things like that where you can kind of buy the gear um, at a lower price that may have been used, but it can kind of help you get your foot in the door and kind of work with it that way. Yeah, cool. Now I was getting restless here, but we hope we hope you guys we hope this helps like, add some value to to you guys if you're looking to get in this kind of stuff. And uh, definitely let us know in the comments if this is something that you guys are interested in. And um, obviously, Nala's kind of freaking out. Sorry. Yeah, Nala's good. She's ready to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know in the comments if you like this kind of stuff and want to hear more of it. And we're happy to put out as much as you guys want. So. We hope you guys enjoyed this and hopefully we see you next time. Thanks for tuning into the Voyager Way podcast. Follow us on social media at the Voyager Way for more content from all our outdoor adventures and plenty of how-to videos to get you started on some adventures of your own.